Welcome to Off Air. This is your weekly news and pop podcast. Uh, Nick Stewart and myself, Tim Rubin, we are two friends. We have worked in the media together for a large amount of time and not together for an even longer amount of time. Uh, we're two media people and each week we break down the, we think the top three stories of the week, but sometimes they're not the stories that you might think of. Uh, plus, we have a Facebook group as well and we want you to help us break down the stories as well. If you have a second, Pull out your phone, search off-air podcast community. You can join the group. You can be a part of the conversation. Uh, what are we doing this week? This week, we are going to be pulling apart Australia Day and how it has changed. Boy, it uh, it's really evolved in the last few years, so we're going to crack into that. Story number two, Craig Kelly, should crazy MPs be booted from their parties? And number three, could we be saying goodbye to Google and Facebook in Australia? Let's get into it. It's off-air. What is our mandate? Tim Rubin. It's super creepy to reanimate somebody's dead father for their birthday. Nick Stewart. I really leaned into trying to get radicalised by ISIS. You're listening to Off Air. I believe it's this. Tim Rubin, every week you're becoming more of an influencer. What is going on with this video up on your Facebook page of you tying yourself up in ropes and going down caves in the Blue Mountains? What do you mean every week I become more of an influencer? You think I'm getting into the gram? You think I'm gramming more than usual? Two weeks ago, you were in DTs with your partner trying yeah. to push a budgie smuggler add on to people. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like you're, you're becoming one of those van life people. There was uh... a, okay, wait, you know... You know that someone is becoming an influencer when A, they make a video, B, that video involves house trance or some kind of techno-y, like, flumey music. It was flume and, flume yeah. and, uh, and disclosure. I feel like I, I, I'm going to share this video that you're talking about in the podcast because <laughs> oh, there's probably a lot of people that don't of have... Course you well, you're referencing something group. that they don't know about. So, okay, sure, I went... Sure. I, the backstory is I went canyoning on the weekend we, Ellie and I are stuck in Sydney at the moment. We're leaving at the end of this week. And so we're cramming everything in. Uh, and so we went canyoning in the Blue Mountains. We did this huge eight-hour canyon, uh, which if you haven't been canyoning before, you wear a wetsuit and a harness and you carry a mm. rope. And um, you hike up into the Blue Mountains until you find like a, a water stream. And then you just jump in and you start swimming along and going downstream. And then when you get to waterfalls, you set up the rope and abseil down or jump, depending on how high it is. Um, and so we did that. Uh, this was huge. We did like nine abseils, including down an 80-meter waterfall. And, wow. then, and then you have to get out at the end. So then mm. it's like a probably, I don't know, maybe an hour and a half hike up and out, still in your wetsuit and everything, and then the final push was maybe like a 20-meter rock climb up this huge exposed rock face in the middle of the mountains. So, yes, Nick, I made a video of that because it was a very big adventure. And it involved a drone. The video involved a drone as well, which is peak influencer. It's got <laughs> it's got to look like it could either be made by someone amateurly or it's a RAV4 ad. It's one of those two things. <laughs> as long as it that. traverses that boundary, then we know that who are you trying to get sponsored by? Also, that does not sound like my idea of fun. I've got to be honest with you. That sounds like something that you get rescued from after a plane crash. Why would you put yourself in that situation? There were actually two people ahead of us who did get lost and then stuck and didn't know about the rock climb at the end. And so we had to help them get out. And if we weren't there, they would have been on the news for sure. 
Because they were just, they were like, oh, whoa, there's a 20 meter rock climb. Like didn't have the gear, didn't have anything. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. So um, what did you get up to this week, Nick? Not that. I caught up with, uh, I caught up with a mate I'd lived with a long time ago and I'm get, I get to see his van soon because he's committing to the van life. We went to university together. He was doing finance. I was doing economics and he did better than me and retired a couple of years ago. Are you serious? uh, He's retired. He's converted a van. Yeah, yeah. He started a company that did very well. And uh, now he, he just sort of travels the world looking like Jesus. Does that just make you feel like such a failure? Does that make you? Nah, because I li- we lived together, so I got to see how hard he worked to get there. Uh huh. And and I didn't work that hard. <laughs> so... Fair enough. What's the name of the company? Can you say what the company is? Is it? A, it's not a secret. Uh, I can, no, it's not a secret. It's called FBS, and they look after our, our business solutions, uh, often in schools. So it's a it's a very clever idea and a really clever initiative, and he's a very intelligent guy. Enough so. of this. It makes me sick hearing about these successful 30-year-olds. <laughs> should, should we get started? Right. Are you ready for this story number one? Because I, I want to get straight it. into it this week. Here we go. Okay. Story number one. The reason why I want to get straight into it this week is because I want to talk about what you and I have been up to this week as well in, in story number one. So obviously, we record on a Wednesday and yesterday was the 26th of January, aka Australia Day. Or also AKA'd by a lot of people this year, Invasion Day. Um, mm. There has been a huge push in the last few years asking that we change the date. And yesterday there were protests in just about every capital city around Australia, including one in Sydney that had an estimated 2,000 people. So, um, Nick, just to kick it off, firstly, what did you do yesterday? I didn't do anything. Uh, I didn't feel super comfortable uh, celebrating the day. It's weird because Australia Day growing up, I'd say till the age of about 24, 25 was like my favorite day of the year. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved putting on the flags and I loved getting drunk with your friends and listening to the hottest 100 and all of that type of gear. And I think because I love that day so much is the same reason that I don't do anything at on it now, because I loved what that day represented, which in my mind was mateship and equality and the fact we live in a country where everyone has the opportunity. And the more I have learned over the past five or six years, as this movement has grown bigger and bigger, the more I don't think it's right to celebrate those values on a day when we're not doing that necessarily for Mm. the first nations people of this country. And, and I, and I think it's, it's become a very divisive issue, but I think it's a really simple one to answer inside yourself and is and that is if you think that the number one value that Australia has that is a great thing is mateship then why would you celebrate on a day that means nothing to you when it means so much to your mates and I when I say my mates people of First Nations people and Indigenous people to this country if it means so much to them and this day is so hurtful honestly, what does January 26th represent to me other than the fact that it has the name Australia Day? There's no specific event that occurred on that day that makes me need to celebrate it on that day. So mm. I don't I don't feel comfortable celebrating on that day anymore. How about how about yourself? I feel very similarly to you and I feel very conflicted about it um, because it, Australia Day was always such a fun, exciting day. Um, 
I think my favorite Australia Day, uh, me and my friends had all bought uh, um, shotgun, shot shotguns. Have you seen these things? It's like a little pump action shotgun that you load a shot of vodka into. And uh, we set up a bunch of inflatable pools and Inception had just came out and we created (laughs) this thing called the kicker where you had to balance on a chair and then someone (laughs) would shoot a shot into your mouth and then you fall backwards taking the shot, landing in the inflatable pool. Oh, God. Um, and it was so much, it used to be so much fun. And now exactly like you said, in the last four years, I think so many of us have opened our eyes, um, as to what this day actually represents to the first nations people. Um, if you don't know, it's obviously the 26th of January is the day that Captain Cook actually originally raised the British flag in Sydney Cove in 1788. But that was also the start of what was essentially a genocide for Indigenous people around Australia. And in the pursuing years, it's believed, and I did a little bit of research, it's believed that there were about 200,000 Indigenous people killed by those first white settlers. So it was... Oh, it's crazy. But I think, like, it's it doesn't even come down to that, Tim. I think it's really... Uh, there's a few quotes because NITV did a great job yesterday, okay. which is the First Nation People's TV channel. That Their coverage yesterday was sensational. And so I just want to read a couple of things they put up. So the, the one that you just said then. Mm-hmm. Um, then secondly, just a quote from Henry Parks about the centenary celebrations in 1888. And when Parks, who was the then Premier of New South Wales, was planning the upcoming celebrations of the 100-year anniversary, he was asked what, if anything, was being planned for Aboriginal people in centenary events. And his retort was, and remind them that we've robbed them. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, and, and that's in 1888, then, did you say? That's, on eight, that's in 1888. And then on the 150th anniversary, which was in 1938, um, there was a reenactment of the landing and proclamation of Captain Arthur Phillips. And on the day, uh, Aboriginal people were forced to participate in a reenactment of the First Fleet landing where they were forced to actively run away from British soldiers, oh people God. dressed up as British soldiers. And there's apparently film footage of the reenactment, which clearly shows that they were not willing participants. They were coerced from their homes and they were forced to stay in the Redfin police barracks throughout their stay. Oh, God. Um, oh, that's yeah. actually the worst. That's sickening. I, like, that's in, in, insanity. So it's not just that... You know, a lot of a, a lot of people and a lot of commodores and jet skis on Facebook comment about, oh, it's blah blah. One day, you know, if we give them another day, blah 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 blah. All this crap. It's no, it's the consistent rehash on this date. Of uh, it's been a consistent of us drumming it down their throats. That a reminder that we stole their culture and actively tried to take away language. I actually, can I take that back? Because I don't want to say we, because I'm tired of the us and the thems and the we's and the pronouns. It wasn't me. It was, It obviously wasn't me personally. And it obviously wasn't the jet ski on Facebook that took away these things. But, but Indigenous people are part of our community and every Australian should want everyone in our community to be able to celebrate a day that celebrates our nation. A hundred percent. That's how I see it. 
There was, um, so we asked this on, in our Facebook group. Um, we said, how do you feel about Australia Day? I genuinely just wanted to know how people were feeling as a whole. Mm. Um, jump into our Facebook group. It's called Off Air Podcast Community. We, we t- discuss all the different topics each week. And this was a comment that I'm going to read out um, by a guy called Luke. And um, it was, I think it was very good. I think people really respected his opinion, but I want to try and break it down a little bit and I want to respond to it. So Luke has commented, he said, I feel the same way as I do every year at this time. I continue to be amazed that a person can make a social media post about their view on Australia Day, thinking it will change someone else's view, particularly someone who does not agree. Why can't everyone just keep their opinions to themselves and do on the day what they want without forcing their views on someone else? If someone wants to celebrate, let them. If someone wants to commemorate or commiserate, then they can do so. What do you think about that, Nick? Because I think that that's a perspective that's shared by a lot of people in Australia. And I think it's important that instead of just, I mean, so many times in in news.com, the comment section, things are just evolving to fuck you, no, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a, a valid perspective. It's a perspective that a lot of people have. No, absolutely, and I agree. Look, I agree, I agree with Luke from the perspective of I wish that we were less vocal on social media about these issues. But my retort would be that through actively celebrating and putting a flag on and running around like a drunken dickhead, you are forcing your views onto other people. Just through your actions of celebration, you're forcing your views onto First Nations people, which is just like I read out before when we forced a reenactment in 1938, which was less than 100 years ago. It, you are still actively forcing your views through celebrating on a day which, which the traditional owners of this land consider a day of mourning. That's my only mm. sort of thought on that. And wouldn't we all want to come together and find a day where we can celebrate what makes Australia great, not what necessarily Australia's history was. Isn't, isn't there a way we can find a day that, that, that we're allowed to celebrate the shared collection of values that make this country, in my opinion, better than a lot of other countries? Yeah. And, and I think that you've just touched on something that a lot of people seem to overlook when they're having this discussion, which so many people tend to uh, see this argument as we either celebrate Australia Day on January 26th or we don't have it at all. And I am patriotic and I love our country and how dare somebody tell me that I can't celebrate how bloody great Australia is. And I think that there are so many Australians, like I feel like you and like me, um, who are deeply patriotic. I I am so proud to be Australian. The experiences that this country has afforded me. I had a wonderful Australia Day. Um, I went down to the rocks in Sydney where Wheelchair New South Wales ACT was putting on a giant, um, uh, a nas- uh, not national, sorry, an annual wheelchair race for <laughs> some of our top Paralympians who had all gathered mm. down there. And the inclusiveness um, and the supportiveness and, and to see this all happening right under the Harbour Bridge, it was incredible. And it made me feel very patriotic and it made me feel wonderful to be Australian and to look out and see this beautiful view and be with all of these wonderful people. Um, so I 100% want to be able to celebrate how great Australia is. And I think that so many people want that. But I don't think that that means that if we don't have it on that day, we can't do it at all. I think yeah. so many people are just getting caught up and saying, well, if we move it, then that's it. Um, but no, let's pick another day. And aside from anything, wouldn't it be better in February? Well, let's not even do a date. Let's just do the first Friday of February. 
so that we, totally. we always get a three-day weekend as well. Because <laughs> Tuesday's a dicky day if you can't take the Monday off anyway. So, you know, well, let's just, like Easter, like why, just like Jesus' death, can't we just decide on a, a random date every single year? <laughs> um, some other comments Adam commented he said my solution would be to give the power and importance of the day back to the Aboriginal people let them know that their plan is heard and that we have learnt from our shitty history changing the date would be a step but I don't think it would truly unite everyone I propose we treat Australia Day with the same reverence as Anzac Day this was also from the Off Air Facebook group what do you think of that idea of just I- looking at the day differently instead of moving it I was thinking, uh, I, I think you can do both. I don't, I don't think necessarily January 26th would stay a public holiday, but I do think it would be nice. Look, I mean, when you say shit like nice, it sounds really wanky, but I do, I, I think it would be cool if it did become a day of reverence, like Adam said, if it became a day that was known as survival day or invasion day and was, was recognized as a day of mourning for the first nations people. I think that would be really good. But also I do think it's important for a country uh, to have a collective group of ideals and to celebrate those ideals. And, yeah. and I do think it's important to have an Australia day. I just don't think it needs to be tied to a specific date. So I, I agree that today or yesterday, I should say, should remain a day of mourning for the First Nations people and a day of res- for us to respect that mourning. Natalie commented, she said, absolutely horrible. No idea why we're still celebrating genocide in 2021. Katis commented, I celebrate my friend's birthday on this date now. It's an offensive concept to get pissed on a day that's heavily depressing to our nation's oldest culture. I reckon, Nick, judging from the litmus test of just those responses, I've never seen such a strong swing towards the idea of changing the date. I feel like it's Mm -hmm. gathering momentum very, very quickly. I think it's possible that this was the last January 26th Australia Day. I feel like in 365 days, we could be doing something else. Do you reckon it could change? I don't know if it'll happen that quickly, but I hope uh, I hope it is. I hope we can I hope we can solve a problem because I think there's a lot of people like you and myself out there, Tim, that want to be able to celebrate uh, Australia Day in some form, but don't feel comfortable now that we know what we know doing that on the 26th of January. So I hope that there is a resolution to this. Unfortunately, it it is only ever a national debate for two weeks. And so it's hard to get something done in that period of time. So we'll see. We'll see. Story number two. Tim, how do you solve a problem like Craig Kelly? So Craig Kelly, if you don't know who he is, is a former secondhand furniture salesman uh, who has now. (laughs) This is a great start. And what's he doing now? Is he selling cars? No, he's so, in the Australian House of Representatives. Oh, uh, God. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> that took a turn. He has been uh, since 2010. Is he selling uh, the furniture in Parliament? Is he doing <laughs> No, I wish. Is it like a side, was... side hustle? Like, man, there's a lot of old green <laughs> furniture in here. It's going crazy. <laughs> 20% off lounges. Uh, no, but he could be uh, because much like those crazy people you sell for seeing furniture, he has been described as a crackpot uh, for his views on climate denial and also on medical issues. Uh, he's frequently a guest on uh, Rupert Murdoch's Sky News, which we all know is the best form of news in Australia. Yeah, I know him from that. I watch it every day. 
<laughs> and he's also probably best known as being very similar to your crazy auntie who got really into QAnon on Facebook. Because if you go onto his Facebook page, that is basically what this is, which would be fine if he was Pete Evans and we could shut him out. But it's not because we're paying this man a very healthy salary to represent an entire community within Australia on their worldview. So he has about 90,000 followers on Facebook uh, and he's constantly suggesting uh, crackpot remedies to coronavirus. Uh, He was very recently a massive Trump, Donald Trump supporter, which I know you would love, Tim. Mm -hmm. Uh, And at the moment, the biggest issue is no one in the Liberal Party will denounce what he says. So Scott Morrison over the past two weeks has been asked multiple times to pull Craig Kelly into line and to denounce what he said. He was also very pro the people that broke into the Capitol. Oh my God. Uh, Okay. Very pro free speech uh, in terms of the Donald Trump argument of Donald Trump being kicked off Twitter and uh, still blocks a lot of people on Facebook himself. So he's, he's fine with censoring himself, but he's an absolute lunatic and Scott Morrison will not come out and say that he is because he also holds a balance of power and a number of times has threatened to go uh, to move away from the Liberal Party. The the thing that I always wonder about when I hear these stories, and this is something that I've experienced personally, uh, uh, being somebody that's worked in the media and, as a side note, has a Jewish familial background, Mm. is from my personal experience, Whenever people say to me, oh, it's just a big conspiracy, isn't it? It's the, what's the try thing that uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z. Illuminati. Yeah. Oh, it's the Illuminati. Oh, it's this and that. Oh, it's the media, the Jews covering it up. Oh, da, da, da. I always, my response is always, well, when am I going to get an invite? (laughs) At what level am I going to be a part of these secret conversations? And if you're Mm. asking me, I know not you personally, but I've had friends say to me, oh, it's, you know, it's big media cover up, da, da, da. And I'm like, well, do you believe that I'm a part of that media cover up and I'm lying straight to your face or at what point am I going to be involved? And so for, for Craig Kelly, I don't understand how somebody who is actively participating in the Australian political landscape can at the same time have these insane conspiratorial beliefs about QAnon secretly running these sex rings and this and that and that. Because if if those things exist, guess what, mate? You're a part of it because that's the level that you're at. So either they exist and he's in it or they don't exist. You can't have it both ways. Yeah. I think as well, you probably remember this guy a few years ago, Piers Morgan had him on the show to talk about Australia's thoughts on climate change. And he uh, made international headlines for embarrassing Australia because oh, he God. rebuked, uh, he sort of spoke down to a very attractive girl that Piers had on the show who happened to be a climatologist. Uh, and then the world was reminded that, no, he sold secondhand furniture and that's why he knows better than us. But it's just, it, it's bizarre to me because usually if you see these crackpots get in, mm-hmm. they represent fringe parties, Pauline Hanson, Fraser Anning. They're not, they're not in with the big players. This guy is legitimately a member of our current sitting government. Can I ask, how is he a member? So what level, has (laughs) has he been voted in? Does he hold a seat? Uh, Just explain to me 
how yeah, he so is. Yes, he's House of Reps. So he was federally elected into uh, for the seat of Hughes, which is in southern New South Wales. Uh, so, I, I mean, he was voted in clearly, but this is the problem is not a lot of us, it's a, it's a great reminder that not a, not a lot of us actually look at the specific members for our area that we're mm-hmm. voting for. We just vote for a party. Mm-hmm. But the bigger problem is this guy needs to get fucking gone. Like he needs to be gone. He is a danger to our society and he is a massive decision maker. Has he done and something? I, now I don't know what you do. Has he done something very recently? Because I've heard his name be floating around. Has he done anything like in the last week that's that's really put him into this conversation? Or is this insanity just kind of going on? Just go on his face. Yeah, I would encourage anyone to spend five minutes on his Facebook page because he does something. He, he's at the moment in a screaming argument. Uh, he's suggesting that there's some sort of I, I, weird chemical that will solve COVID and that we're denying oh, is it, is it that. hydrochloroquine? No, that was his first one. There's okay. a different one. There's a different one now that he's more into that apparently is working wonders in some small area of Brazil or Buenos Aires or... I'm on his Facebook page right now. Uh, his last post was from last night. Medical Association of Rio Grande... Um, hey, ABC, Get Up and The Guardian, is this more misinformation? When are you going to start reporting the truth or asking why Australians are denied access to this treatment? I don't know. Maybe you should fund the ABC and they'll be able to look into it more. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes on and on. Okay, he's got about he's got about 20 paragraphs on this. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, he goes hard. There's one where he yells at a chick called Kim for a bit as well recently, which I think is great. That makes no reference to who Kim is. Um, I, uh, I mean, like, I know that I kind of touched on, I was talking about this earlier, but I think it's really interesting when you get these these moments where you've got somebody who is clearly a conspiracy theorist. So I know that I was talking about um, other conspiracies before about the... Um, yeah. Uh, QAnon, Illuminati. Illuminati, lot, QAnon. Lot. Yeah. But this is the same thing. So here you have somebody who is a sitting member of our parliament, who is publicly posting on his Facebook that there is a government conspiracy and that ABC and The Guardian are for some reason responsible for choosing the vaccines that Australians are going to be taking. News alert, Craig Kelly, your government is choosing which vaccines... Your party that you're part of. ...is choosing the vaccines that are being rolled out, (laughs) literally right now. So I'm not sure exactly who he like does he want the abc to expose his party is that what he's asking for or are we just am i way off no i think the problem is ice if i had to put my <laughs> if i had to put my finger on it i think look you 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 there's no point in working with logic when it comes to these people tim but what i would say is why are our leaders not denouncing him. Why is Scott Morrison like, yeah, that guy's a bit fucking crazy. We should probably muzzle yeah. him like we did Dutton and all the other weirdos. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I'm looking at the comments. Hmm. The ABC, the guardian who owns it? Question mark. Well, the ABC is owned by the government, um, yeah. which is who you work for, Craig. Um, you know, kept in the dark and fed. Thank you again, Craig, for this source of information. Um, G has written, this is deprivation of medical rights, freedom of choice, freedom of movement. It's human rights. 
This treatment brings a very serious matter that cannot be left unnoticed. Keep up the good work, Honourable Craig, Ke- Craig Kelly. If only there was someone we could ask who has influence within the government to change our rights. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think something needs to be done about this. I don't know what, what has to happen. What should happen? I mean, Can you shoot people? No. It's a genuine question. No, we don't have capital punishment. Um, what, what can happen at this point? Seriously. Are you allowed to fire well, somebody for having crazy views? Yes, you can, but there's a loophole and then it would go to a by-election and then the Liberal Party's got to f- put a fresh person up. So then all that's going to happen is nothing. And that's, there's this, we've got a real ramshackle, crazy government at the moment mm. that's full of lunatics. What will happen is there's an election later in this year and I'd highly recommend everyone work out who you want to vote for and vote strongly. Yes, and I would say also if you are people who live in which um, shire or... Hughes. If you live in Hughes, you you get out of... (laughs) Yeah, if you live in Hughes or... And and look, at the end of the day, um, I think it's very unlikely that Scott Morrison is going to muzzle or uh, retire one of his MPs. But we do live in a wonderful... Like we were just talking about, we live in a wonderful democratic system where we can hit the refresh button on the government every X many years, depending on which level of government we're talking about. So I think we do need to be actively paying more attention to which people we're putting into that green room and selling furniture out of. Um, And if you are living in a liberal seat, feel free to contact your local member and let them know that you think Craig Kelly's insane. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's another good thing to do. I'm scrolling through the Facebook right now. It's great. oh, it's bad, isn't it? <laughs> I, when I described it at the start as your crazy auntie that got too into QAnon, that's literally how it's written. Like, how does this guy not have a social media monitor? He writes it as if it's personal attack messages to family members who've questioned him. <laughs> it's really funny. There's a lot of stuff about Kim. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Story number three. Facebook and Google are both threatening to leave Australia. Uh, So this is actually building on an argument that Google and Facebook have been having with the Australian government for about a year now. Um, And we've spoken about it on the podcast a couple of months ago. But to catch you up, there is a proposed law called the News Bargaining Code, which the Australian Parliament is currently looking at. Uh, Hopefully, Craig Kelly is not too heavily involved in the writing of that law. Um, The law is going to make Google and Facebook pay to post news articles in searches. So this is in uh, your Google News and your Facebook News feed where news articles pop up. The media companies are basically saying that Google, in particular, has been profiteering off their journalism and hard work. The tech companies are flat out basically refusing. They're saying there's no reason for us to pay for articles that we simply share the link to. And the Google managing director, her name is Melanie Silva in Australia, she has said, if this version of the code were to become law, it would give us no real choice but to stop making Google search available in Australia. Scott Morrison has come out, he said, uh, he has slammed them for bullying. And this is his quote. He said, people who want to work with that in Australia, you're very welcome, but we don't respond to threats. I don't think that that sentence is all the way there. But anyway, his words, not mine. Um, (laughs) Nick, are you worried about uh, Google and Facebook leaving Australia? I am concerned from the perspective of Google is only not available in one other country, and that is China. Mm. So it's it's concerning whenever you join a list with North Korea or China or (laughs) Russia, when it comes to personal freedoms, it's not exactly ideal. Uh, I think it's weird. I mean, this is a really, 
it's a really nuanced debate because I can understand that uh, mainstream media in this country is getting slammed by the rise of social media mm. and the rise of online uh, things. But it's it, it's it also comes back to that argument of how much should we have protected cabs from Uber? How much should we have protected candle makers from electricity companies? It's some things sort of continue to grow. And at the moment, the companies that will benefit the most are, are News Corp and Nine Entertainment. And I'm not ginormous fans of News Corp. I think I've made that pretty evident. I'd, I'd like to know what you think is the right... Do you think it's... Forget all the bullying side of it. Yeah. If you get back to the specific argument of should Google be paying news services to have their content on there, what do you think of that? Do you think that that's right? I have the same view as last time when we discussed this, and I think that you and I fall on different sides of the coin of this one. I mm. don't think that Google or Facebook, and we'll keep it to Google for the moment, um, just yeah. to be clear. I don't think yeah. that Google should be paying anybody. At the moment, Google is literally offering free advertising for news websites that people would not be able to stumble across otherwise. Mm. I'm not going to be jumping on the Illawarra publication or whatever, or the Batuta Advocate, I know that's a fake one. I'm not going to be jumping one. Yeah. I'm not going to be jumping on some specific news site and searching to see if they have an article on XYZ. But if I jump onto Google and I want to find out an article about some about a specific event or a specific news article, then it's going to present that to me. So it's essentially advertising these different news sites for free on behalf of them. And then it's mm. directing me to their site. If Google was literally stealing the content and putting it on its own Google News website where I never left, then sure, then I would understand if these people were saying you're profiteering off our hard work. But at the moment, Google is literally acting as a third party. All it's doing is moving my clicks and my eyes onto these other websites. And here's the other thing. These websites are spending thousands, probably if not millions of dollars, refining their SEO, their search engine optimization, so that they come up higher in these Google results. They're working to build their websites so that they work within these algorithms. And now all of a sudden, they're turning around and saying, hey, Google, you need to pay us more money. I think that this is exactly like you said, uh, similar to the correlation between um, Ubers and taxis. I think that this is a situation where these gigantic news companies have turned their back on progress for too long. They've assumed that they're going to be the ones that are ahead of the game forever. Now they're slipping away and they're literally clawing at anything that they can touch. Do you think that they that, that Google owes them anything? No, my opinion's changed. I'm on your side now. Oh, really? I know it makes it, yeah, I know it makes it boring, but as the months have gone on and the more I've read into it, the more I agree. Yes! <laughs> I think this is a first. I think it's a, you've come around. No, no, I do, I do agree. Like, mm. obviously, it, it saddens me that uh, traditional media in Australia is caverning in, but I don't. I certainly don't think it's Google's fault. I think you're right. Google, if anything, has made it easier to get those new mm. services. So I do think it's probably more of a bit of a cash grab. Uh, I, I think news services and local news services are really important. Uh, how they're going to exist in the future, we don't know. But I, what I would say is they will adapt. We, we might not know yet how they look if there is no money and there's no profit in it for someone like Rupert Murdoch to own all those, to own 70% of print media in this country. But there will be a way because there's always been a way mm. since the dawn of the printing press. So 
there'll be a way that this adapts and evolves. The thing that doesn't make sense about this to me is Google is not the only third-party website that exists. There, I mean, mm. these exist in literally every form of anything in the internet. Yeah, uh, we'll be allowed to use Bing still, yeah. weirdly, or but, Ask Jeeves. But so we have, for example, um, Booking.com. So on yeah. Booking.com, you go onto it and you can choose a hotel. Booking.com yeah. does not pay the hotel. Hey, please, can I advertise your hotel for you for free? The same mm. thing for TripAdvisor, the same thing for MenuLog, the same thing for Uber Eats. Uber Eats isn't saying, hey, McDonald's in Kennington, can, you, can I please pay you a fee so that I can get customers to buy your food from you? It's the other yeah. way around. You're delivering customers to this site. And if you're a news website, if you're still not making enough money, then you need to look at your internal structures or what you're doing with those clicks or what you're doing with those views or what you're doing with your advertisers. Um, I don't think that, I mean, it just doesn't exist in any other platform. But I, wouldn't a better solution, Tim, be for everyone just to pay tax? Like, wouldn't a better solution be if Google paid some tax in this country and Facebook did and the, the Murdoch Media did and Nine Entertainment did? Like, if people, kind of like humans, if those companies paid some form of tax back into our government and that money could be redistributed for the betterment of people in our country. You're shifting the conversation and <laughs> yes. I agree with you entirely, but it's a totally different argument. Yes. I know it so is. The pro- I know. So there is also a problem that is running concurrently, which is that none of these organizations are paying tax. And if yeah. they were paying tax, then we would have a healthier ecosystem and we would be able to fund things like the ABC more. God, that's local my... Local papers. Yeah, yeah, local papers. We would be able to create grants and things like that for journalism yeah. so that those things would be able to stay alive. What I think is interesting in all of this is Scott Morrison and Josh Frydenberg have both said that if Google wants to leave, then you can leave. All it's going to do is going to make our market more competitive and that's going to be great for everybody. Can he ask us first before we have to start using <laughs> Weibo? Is he gonna... <laughs> but the other thing is, who do they think is going to... Because they're not saying somebody else can just step in. They're saying somebody else is going to step in and have to pay these fees. Yeah, I know. I don't think Tom from MySpace is doing that well. I don't know if he's got the money to cover it. (laughs) Well, no other online, uh, no other search engine is paying these fees in any country in the world. These laws have been looked at in multiple countries. The US has shut them down and has even contacted the Australian government and said, please shut this down. It doesn't work. So Mm. I don't see where this is going to go for us. And like you said back at the beginning, I don't want to be in the party with China using Ren Ren. <laughs> no, I agree. Um, yeah, it's uh, hopefully this gets put to bed. I don't know if it will because Scott Morrison is a real hard ass when it comes to him. I don't know if you've noticed, but the, the current Liberal Party is very nationalistic. And whenever they get challenged a little bit, uh, like they're the chihuahua, man. Mm-hmm. It, it's like. It's like when we stopped distributing iron ore or coal to China to really spite them by destroying our economy. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to work out so well. Yeah, it'll be fine. Do you think that these people, and when I say these people, I don't mean Google. I mean our politicians understand how important Facebook is for literally thousands, if not millions of Australian small businesses. And Craig Kelly. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's the big one. <laughs> have they consulted him? Because he is not going to be fucking happy. I'll tell you what. But no, how's I he going to react to Kim? How's he going <laughs> to discover the true vaccines for COVID and share them with his phone? If Facebook leaves, Facebook is a tool. I mean, I work in digital marketing now, and Facebook hmm. is the largest marketing tool. It's the thing that literally, yeah. I mean, it's short of the census. It is the largest connector for people um, in the world. And if Australia were to be removed from that, it would have huge implications on thousands of small, medium and large businesses that are owned and run in Australia who would all of a sudden be disconnected from an international economy. Do you think Mm. these politicians grasp that? I think that they will not see this through. I think that there will be some level of uh, either that or we won't be talking on Facebook anytime soon. We'll be talking on Murdoch book or something like that. Like News Corp book, news.com.au book. Yeah. Um, they would have. They At the moment, it's all a gamble, right? Mm. It's, all a, it's all a ploy. It's all a ruse. It's a pissing contest to see who can outlast the other person. And I don't think that the government is going to win. No. Um, that would be my, yeah. The one thing that I would say, just as a total side note on this topic, um, I love that they have a uh, female managing director that Google does. Um, Because as the person who puts together the image for our uh, podcast each week, too often Mm. we have three pictures of old white men. Angry old white men, yeah. Angry old white (laughs) men. And um, Melanie Silva, who is managing Google in this country, is like a young uh, female. And I think that that's very wonderful. And uh, yeah, I think Google's going to win this. Uh, and it's weird an internet company being progressive or a mod, something that uses <laughs> modern media being progressive and, and outsmarting these 70 year old people who don't know how to log off. Basically. I hope we get our version of that. Do you remember when um, they pulled Mark Zuckerberg in about the third party stuff? And oh, they were yeah. asking, all those congressmen were asking about how the cloud works. And yeah, and asking, well, if my best. granddaughter goes on to Snapchat, and does that mean that Google knows this and that? And he was having yeah. to explain to them. <laughs> different companies. I would love it. Uh, it would be good. Nick Picks! I'm doing music ones now, and it's an artist. And if you don't know him, you, you fucking should. But it's Baker Boy. Uh, oh, he's yeah. a fantastic Indigenous artist. I thought in... in celebration is the wrong word but in in being hopefully being a strong ally of the first nations people of this country get behind baker boy because he's incredible crazy good dancer which you wouldn't expect uh good as hell is a great song. there's a whole bunch there's a the, the, there's a bunch of awesome uh cool as hell sorry bunch of great songs better days in control uh metagen which is one that came out last year which is unreal but yeah he's a fantastic artist performed uh for the first time in 2021 the day before uh the 26th of january but yeah good guy okay how about you check out Boy. um no my check out my instagram <laughs> my nick pick this week have you seen the movie promising young woman it's out at the cinemas right now no, it's really- I haven't been to the cinemas in years. Oh, okay. Uh, Promising Young Woman, it's great. I would say it probably sits somewhere in the realm of uh, like upbeat psychological thriller. Um, it's, it's about, uh, you might've seen the trailer. It's about a woman who um, every week she gets dressed up um, and pretends to be super, super drunk. 
and goes out to bars and lets predators oh, pick her God. up. And then she t- and then she goes home with them. And then it, uh, she never gives any form of consent. And then once they start to do stuff, then she like just changes on a dime. And it's an incredible performance. And she, I'm not going to ruin what she does or why she's doing it or whatever. But um, it's a really well-made um, commentary on some pretty gross stuff that I think happens, re- really does happen in the world a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I think probably slightly more in America. It's obviously an American film. Uh, but yeah, incredible performance, very well directed and really makes you think. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And as a, I went with my girlfriend and my mum, and I think we all took something different away from it. As a man, it definitely made me kind of question, um, I don't know, certain situations that I've been in and thinking about stepping up and helping people and um, intervening more. Um, yeah. It was, it was Where do you stand on vigilante justice in general? I stand, yeah, I think you should get involved. I think that if you... No, you can't. You shouldn't get involved in vigilante justice, Tim. You can't say that. When you say vigilante justice, well, I'm not going to somebody's house and beating them up, but I think if you That's see... That's what I mean. No, no, if no. She's killing, if, she's, if she's coercing oh, right. these people in and then killing them or something, that's... I'm not going to say what she does. I thought you meant in terms of my in, in my life. Like, I think we've all oh, been in situations right. where okay. we've seen... Yeah, you should always call out behavior, yeah. yes. Yeah. But I meant and, and, and I think that that's something that... To um, catch a predator type in, like, to catch a... I meant more like to, you know, like people that try to do their own to catch a predators on YouTube. Oh, right. Like that. Look, um, it's an interesting one, but boy, they, they definitely make some good YouTube channels, those things, don't Work they? with the police, people. <laughs> Work with the police. That's all I'm going to say. You don't want to get the wrong person and get yourself in trouble. Um, or become a cop if you're that passionate about it become a cop (laughs) check out the movie promising young woman um jump onto our if you're still hanging out with us which you are because it's a podcast so you have to be literally here to hear us but that's okay we'll cover that ground again Jump into our Facebook group. We would love you to be a part of our conversations each week. We discuss a lot of our topics in the group and uh, you might get a shout out in the podcast. So just on Facebook, search Off Air Podcast Community. We would love to see you in there um, and give us some, if you enjoyed hanging out with us and thought some things from the dumb stuff that we said this week, then give us some stars or a little review or something. You'll make our day. We'll see when they pop up every time. All right. Bye. Catch you next week. You've been listening to Off Air. Remember to like and subscribe. People are entitled to their sexual proclivities.